Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, Lavenda, good morning. Good morning, Brandy Clark Hill. Thank you. Love your prayer. Just like you say, keeper. Thank you, Lord, for being a promise keeper. My God. trust you. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord God. You are a promise keeper. That's, yeah. That's good. Well, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Akisha. That was Promise Keeper by um, Israel Halton and Travis Green. And God is a promise keeper. And I want that to be our encouragement today. And we're going to set and rest in the scripture. Second Corinthians start at the 19th verse for the son of God, Jesus Christ, who was proclaiming among you by me and Sylvanus and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him, it has always been. Yes, it is always been. Yes. For all the promises of God are yes in Christ. And so through him, our amen and amen means so be it. Our amen is spoken to the glory of God. All of God's promises are yes and amen. All of his promises, everything that he has promised to you is yes and amen, right? That's a big statement. That's a huge statement, right? That means God has to fulfill it. That means God has to complete it. And that means God has to accomplish it. One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 1 and 6. And it reminds me all of the time, I do not have to complete myself. I do not have to fulfill the perfect plan and will for my own life. It is not on me. I don't have to make something happen. I don't have to make something shake. I don't have to do any of that. I just sit and wait. I I don't have to finagle anything. I don't have to consent to anything. I don't have to make anything up. I don't have to try to prove myself. I don't have to do any of that because every promise of God is yes and amen. How many promises of God are in the scripture, right? How many promises, what, what all things has promised God promised us everything that God has promised us in the scripture. You can bank on it. He is not a God that will lie. He's not going to go back on what he tells you. Even if he speaks to you personally, he's going to do what he said. He's going to perform what he said. He's not a God that shall lie. Everyone is filled in Christ. 
Everyone is a yes in Christ. When God promised Abraham, I hope y'all received that this morning. Philippians 1 6 it says I'm convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus to this time of work you know what that says to me that releases me from the burden of feeling like I have to be perfect I don't have to be perfect I don't have to have it all together if I'm if I'm trying to operate in this space of being perfect, then I'm missing the opportunity for grace. Y'all better free yourself this morning. You ain't got to have it all right, right? And I believe that he'll even take my mistakes and make those prosper, right? I don't have to have it all together. I'm not the one that completed myself. I'm not the one that began myself and I'm not the one that ends myself. God is the one that completes me. That takes complete total responsibility off myself. My only job is to trust and obey him. Nothing else. I'm to trust and obey God. And sometimes we spend so much time trying to make ourselves or trying to be something or trying to become something when we are already complete and we have already became everything God said about us. When we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you don't have to complete yourself. Stop trying to complete yourself. Stop trying to work yourself out. Stop trying to position yourself. Stop trying to make yourself relevant. Stop trying to be perfect. It wasn't but one that walked this earth in being perfect. Make the resolve, right? That I don't complete myself. God is the one that completes me. God completes me. I don't have to complete me. God is going to complete me. God is going to finish the work. And you know what this comes back and this says to me? I'm convinced and confident of this very first thing, very thing that he who has begun a good work in me will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. So if yeah, Psalms 46 and one, be still and know that I am God, right? If he's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus to the time that Christ returns, this tells me a few things. One, it tells me I still got stuff to work on, right? It tells me I still got stuff to work on. This confirms for me that I'm not perfect, that I'm going to have stuff to work on. There's going to be stuff that's going to be pulled out of me. There's stuff that's going to be processed out of me. I'm going to grow daily. That's why Paul said I die daily. That's why Paul said I press towards the mark, right? Because he knew it was a work in process until the day I die. So I'm not, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be complete. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be perfect. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and it's already done, especially when I have not fulfilled my work, my work in us, right? My work in us. God will continue to complete me, right? So I don't have to pretend I have it all together. As a matter of fact, my vulnerability, my transparency, and my ability to boast in my weaknesses is what's going to gain me my strength. It's what's going to change my life and gain me my strength. When people are telling me, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so strong. I promise you. Do y'all want to know the key to my strength? My key to my strength is that I'm not strong at all. I am not. I cannot boast in Lakeisha. 
I cannot, I cannot boast in myself. I can, I cannot, I am, I'm, I'm not, I cannot even sit up and exalt yourself. I cannot exalt all my gifts. I can't talk to you about all my accomplishments, my gifts and my talents. Do you want to know the secret to my strength? Do you want to know the secret to my success? Is it because I cannot do this on my own? I don't, I'm not, I can't be, I lived puffed up. And when I lived puffed up and any place that I'm still puffed up, I find myself exhausted. But when I surrender and submit myself to him, Every day I lay this ministry before God. Every day I have to lay my teaching before God. Every day I have to lay my relationships before God. Every day I have to lay my parenting before God. I, I cannot take for granted one instance or moment that I have enough. I can't. I cannot take, I used to think that it was me and my talents and my gifts and my degrees and no, no, it's none of that. It's none of that. My, my, my biggest thing is that I'm determined. I'm like, Paul, I want, I want to hear him say, well done. I want to make impact for your glory. That is my heart's desire. Lord, let me glorify you daily in every relationship. And so my strength is not in Lakeisha. My strength, I can only boast in the Lord. I can only boast in the Lord. Like I can only be like God. And so every day you got to help me. You got to help me. You got to help me teach. You got to help me be the mom. You got to help me be the priest. You got to help me be the prophet. You got to help. I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. You got to help me be the wife. You got to help me be the business owner. You got to help me be the doctor. And then I wait, not just ask for the help and then proceed on my own. I wait on the help. I wait on the help. I used to be so prideful. I used to be so Hottie, because I thought it was all in my own strength. I thought it was about my works. When you think it's about your works, you're self-made. And I don't mean no harm. I don't care what this world tell you. I cannot afford to be self-made. I cannot be afford to be self-made. I don't care what this world tells you. I don't care, care how they tell you to work and stuff. I don't care how they can try to tell you about your work ethic. If it ain't got no spiritual reference or no background, I cannot be self-made. So I have to surrender and yield, yield myself to God daily because he's telling me here, he's going to complete it on the day of return. Not me. He's going to complete it on the day of return, right? Lord, we thank you for your word, but it is not by my works, right? If it was by my works, it would be according to a point system. If it was according to a point system, none of us would add up, right? You, you know, it's not like that your credit score, this ain't your credit score looks, your credit score is grace and mercy in the kingdom. Your credit score is Jesus. That's why, that's why I know this world system that teaches you, um, it, it that teaches you, you got to do everything by point systems and you got to do everything. You need to have a good name. You need to pay your bills. You don't need to be wise. You don't need to spend more than you earn. I'm not saying that, but your point, this point system mentality is going to keep you from experience the most, most out of kingdom, the most out of what God is trying to bring us into. And so we don't complete ourselves. The other thing that it says me, 
It's until the day of Christ Jesus returns. If Christ has not returned yet, that means there's still a whole lot of work for me to do. That means there's still a whole lot of work for me to do. Romans 14 and 10 says, but you, why do you criticize your brother? Are you again? Why do you look down on your believing brother? Or regard him with contempt for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God who is alone. The judge for it is written in scripture. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Then let us not criticize one another anymore, but rather determine this not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block or a source of temptation in another believer's way. I know, and I'm convinced as one in the Lord Jesus Christ, that nothing is unclean, richly defiled and unholy in itself. But nonetheless, it is unclean to anyone who thinks it's unclean. And then he goes on to talk about if your brother is being hurt or offended because of food that you insist on eating, you are no longer walking in love towards him. Do not let what you eat destroy and spiritually harm one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what, it, what is a good thing for you because of your freedom to choose be spoken as of evil. And that right there is in a whole depth within itself. But First Philippians 1, 6 and 2 tells me that it's, I still got stuff to do. Ephesians 2 and 9 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith that this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. As our way of life, we were not created to just do good works. God prepared us in advance. Romans 11 and 6 says, and if by grace, then it is no longer by works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Otherwise, if I work at it, then there's no longer grace. If I work at it, then there's no longer grace. It is not on my works. It is by grace, right? It is by grace. And he goes on to say what Israel was seeking, it failed to obtain, but the elect did, right? Because they were hardened, right? And God was trying to let them know that this is by my spirit, but it's about grace. So I receive Father God in the name of Jesus and I accept your grace for this day, Lord God. I thank you that you have opened our eyes to see you ears to hear you, Lord God, that our life is aligning with your word and that we receive by faith your grace, Lord God, to come into the wisdom, the knowledge and the understanding, Lord God, that we do not complete ourselves, Father God, that you complete us, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that your love abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ and filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. I thank you, Lord God, that we do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, we count others more significant than ourselves. Let us not look after our own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among ourselves, which is the same mind that is in Christ Jesus. 
My God, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself. He humbled himself before being obedient to the point of death, even death at the cross. That's Philippians 2, 3, and 6. May the God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father God, give us a spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of him, opening the eyes of our heart, enlightened so we know the way that he called us, enlightened so that we know the way that he called us, right? <laughs> enlightened to the way of know that he called us, right? which is according to his glorious inheritance in the saints. We are God's glorious inheritance. And so guess what? He's going to complete the work in us. We don't have to complete ourselves. We don't, we don't have, we don't, we make up so much stuff. We so busy trying to complete ourselves and make ourselves relevant and make ourselves known. And our only job is to obey God. That's our job. That's our assignment. Remember, I told you that we have our little quote. It says, my job is to be obedient to God. God's job is everything else. I'm learning to walk without the weight of worrying and trying to figure everything out. Only God is good at being God. No human should try to bear that burden with things beyond their ability to see or control. We can be responsible and we can be obedient. Then we must place everything else in God's hands. Can you say that this morning? You know what? Lord God, I'm placing everything in your hands. I'm placing, I'm giving you my children. I'm giving you my marriage. I'm giving you my business. I'm giving you my finances. I'm going to place, oh, that's good, determined forever. I'm going to place it all back in your hands, right? Because these are not my burdens to carry. I cannot control these situations. Once I've obeyed you, once I've been loving, kind, pure, all of those things, putting others before myself in the relationship. After I've done that, there's nothing. You told me to love you first and love others as I love myself. After I've done my part, there's nothing. So if they don't respond to me based on my doing, it doesn't matter. Everything else is being placed in your hands. My only responsibility, come on, Holy Spirit. My only responsibility is for me to obey you. Remember the Holy Spirit reconciled, re reminded us the other day, we don't reconcile people to ourselves. We are not to work our relationships to reconcile people to ourselves. Our prayer is that God, people be reconciled to God. So my only responsibility is to obey. If my finances are my problem, right? I'm just going to give you a little line and then I'm going to get into something else today. If my finances are my issues, then my finance, right? My relationships, I love. That's the only thing to do in my relationships is to love, to support, to put others above myself. I'm not coached. 
I'm not teacher. I'm not, I'm not any that I'm not bullying. I'm not, and that ain't nothing I am in my relationships. That's not what I am. And so if I obey you in my relationships, if I'm doing exactly what you asked me to do in my relationships, which is to love, then I'm casting the care of my unsaved loved ones on you. I'm casting the care of my nation on you. I'm casting the care of my city on you. I'm asking you to bear the weight of your glory on this because I'm not weighty enough to change this situation. I'm not weighty enough to change my marriage. What I'm going to do in my marriage is I'm going to operate in my marriage in love. I'm going to submit myself. We're going to yield to each other. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be thoughtful. I'm not going to be evil. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. And then once I've obeyed you and I've done my part, right? Then the rest is on you. Nothing else is on me. No other responsibility. After I love you, I have no other responsibility. After I'm kind, I have no other responsibility. After I'm loving, after I'm noble, as after I'm praying for you, I have no other responsibility to that. The rest of the responsibility is on Jesus because he said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you, right? And I don't have the strength right? And I don't have the race. I don't have anything else to do. I'm not trying to personally coach you to Jesus. I'm going to love you to Jesus. I'm going to stand in the gap and love you. So then after I do that, same thing, say it's my finances. My finances are my issue. My job is to obey you in my finances. What do I do when I obey you in my finances? I tithe, right? And I sow seed, right? Because those are the things that you've told me financially are kingdom. After I tithe and I have to I sow seed, then guess what I do? I'm going to cast my care on you because you are the Lord God that cares for me. And after I tithe and after I sow seed, after I'm compliant to kingdom, the rest of the responsibility, the increases on God, the favor is on God. Like I I'm cast, I'm casting my cares on you because you care for me. You have already told me you care for me. So then the weight of my responsibility and my finances, it's not on me no more. It's not on me. Why? Because I've obeyed and I'm trusting you with my finances. And the way that I demonstrate and trust you in my finances is that I tithe and I sow seed. Well, when I got seed in the ground, why would I be worried? Because you told me every seed will produce after its own kind, right? In my relationships, if I sow love, you told me every seed produces after its own kind. So once I plant into my relationships, love and all these other things, that seed has to manifest and it's a harvest. What I got to do is I got to be patiently patient and I got to trust you in the in-between. If I need a new job, right? And I know that I've been a good steward at the place that I've been at, right? I need to, after I fill out the application, after, after, after I do the searching, after I've taken the courses or whatever God has required of me, if I'm trying to walk in my purpose, after I've done everything that you've asked me to do, if you told me to go to school, um, if you told me to take extra classes, after I've done, if you told me to start the business, after I've done everything that you've asked me to do, Lord, it is not on me to increase it. He said, I, God said, I'm going to give increase to it. I will give increase to it. I, I don't have to. I give increase to it. 
right? He's, I'm going to give increase to it. You don't have to give increase. God is the one that gives the increase. First Corinthians three, six, and seven. I've planted Apollo watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but God gives the increase. Can you say that over yourself today? I am not responsible for the increase. God is responsible for the increase. I kingdom coach. I don't do any other kind of coach. I coach kingdom. If you want to see your business, your ministry, your whatever grow, right? I promise you, it is not, it is your only job to obey God and God gives the increase. Once you've accepted the assignment, once you've said to God, I'm going to fulfill the assignment. Once you're obeying God and doing the things God asks, you're not responsible for the increase. Increase will have you working and missing the opportunity for favor to come, missing the opportunity for God to do miracles, signs, and wonders. Your only job is to obey God. And so in the places where I don't see um, increase coming, or it looks like it's not working. Guess what I got to do? I got to strengthen my faith. I got to strengthen my faith. And if I'm having a hard time believing, then I need to do like the man of God did that did in Mark. He said, look, <laughs> I need you to help me with my unbelief. I need you to help me with my unbelief. I need you to, I need you to help me. I need you to help me with my unbelief. He said, because he asked him, he said, do you think like, do you think I can do this? He was like, I know you can do this. Just help me with my unbelief. So Lord, help me where I'm having a hard time believing what you said to me. And then in the in-between, let me trust you, right? Let me cast all my cares on you, right? He said, believe you receive when you pray, <laughs> believe when you receive, when you pray. So I'm not responsible for the increase. The only part that I'm responsible for is for me to obey you. Everything else has to be placed in your hand. Trust, breathe, trust, walk forward, trust, praise him, trust, pray, trust, stay joyful, trust, choose peace, trust. I trust you. This is how I handle a situation in which I need to be in faith. Can I just give you this? I have a little mustard seed that I sent out one month to our partners and I keep the memory of the mustard seed in my presence. Right. And so he told me all I need is the faith of a mustard seed, right? Small, but potent, <laughs> small, but potent. So when I need to see God on something and I hear him and I'm obeying him, this is what I pray. I say, Lord, you asked me to do this. I'm doing this, right? You said, all I need to have is the faith of a mustard seed, right? So father God, I'm believing you. I'm going to trust you, Lord God. I'm, I'm speaking to any mountain. If it's debt, if it's poverty, if it feels like something is him, I'm speaking to any mountain and I'm telling you to get out of my way in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I'm decreeing and declare your faith and favor on this situation. And then father God, I trust you. But anywhere that I'm lacking trust, I'm asking you, Lord God, to help me with my unbelief. Then guess what? The responsibility is no longer on Keisha. It's no longer on Lakeisha. It's no longer on me. It's no longer on me. I don't have the responsibility on me. I'm not. And then I wait. I've had to learn how to wait on God because when I don't wait on God, I create a crisis. 
Not that I'm in a crisis. I create the crisis. I create a crisis when I don't wait. They that shall wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So in my waiting, that's Isaiah 40, in my way, and right before that, he says, do you not know that I'm not God? In my waiting, while I'm waiting on him, I'm being strengthened. I'm being renewed. I'm being made like an eagle so that when he positions me in the place and in the position of what he's calling me, I'm going to be able to soar and not stumble. I'm going to be able to soar and not stumble. So in the waiting, I'm strengthened. I'm perfected, right? I'm soaring. I'm going to be able to soar when he, when he's purging me, when he's cleansed me, when I'm going through persecution, he's developing me. He's developing me. He's growing me up. He's preparing me for the promise. He prepares me. He gives the increase. My only job is to obey him. That is it. That is it. He does the rest. You do not let this man-made system set you up. He, he, if I'm obeying you, he does the rest. In my waiting, he's developing me. He's developing me. He's creating me. He's pruning. He's burning the chaff up in me. He knows if I'm ready or not for the next position. He knows if I'm ready for to be a wife. He knows. So if in my singleness, it hasn't manifested yet, it's because it ain't time yet. Right. And if it's something dark that's um, standing in the way, he's going he's going he's going to tell you and show you what to pray. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. And so while I'm waiting, while I'm waiting, I'm being developed while I'm waiting. I'm getting endurance. Some of you need endurance for the call on your life. Right. You need endurance for the call on your life. Some, some people say, oh, I feel like God is. um uh, I'm calling me into me ministry and God is saying, I don't want you to move yet. Right. God is saying, don't move yet. I don't want you to move yet. It ain't time yet. And people be like, oh, it's ministry in you. Oh, it's this in you. No, don't move yet. And the reason that I'm telling you don't move yet is because God needs to build up an endurance in you. You need to be fully developed. Some of us walked into situations so premature because we didn't want to wait on the development. Jesus had to be developed. Paul was developed, right? You don't walk into anything without being properly developed. We launch into things haphazardly because we don't get clarity on what God is saying. And God is like, I need to fully develop you, right? I need to fully develop you so that you can walk so that you can endure. And if you need endurance, right? Because you're going to need endurance. There's a call to endurance. You're going to need to be stable, right? Hebrews 12 and 1, 3 says, therefore, since we all have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight. There we go. Every cast all our cares and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, <laughs> the perfecter, right? Keeping our, the source and the perfecter. I'm not the source and the perfecter. Jesus is the source and the perfecter, right? So when I have a spirit, I used to have a spirit of perfectionist. I wanted to be this perfectionist. I, I live and dwell in excellence. 
I don't believe in not being in excellence, but I no longer strive to be perfection because perfection, Jesus is the perfecter of my faith for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of our father. Right. And so when we are enduring, when we are growing, we need to be fully developed, right? You need to be fully developed. You don't want to move out ahead of time before you're fully developed, right? You don't want a glimpse of what God is saying. You need to hear all that God is saying, right? So when temptation and all of these things come, they, God is, those situations are going to be presented. Sometimes that's how God talks to us through certain sex circumstances. So when temptation and all of these things come, right? And the test comes and the pressure comes and the worry comes, right? There's an endurance being developed in us so that we can be produced. James one, two, and three, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith is going to produce per perseverance. Yo, yo, you got to produce perseverance. God is not going to have you create a business, start a business, start a ministry, and then you out. When people start stuff and stop, when people are inconsistent, I know that they did not spend time getting clarity from God. I know that they didn't. That is God is not going to have you start something and then stop. Do seasons in? Absolutely. But seasons end when God say they're going to end. And so we don't spend enough time in his arms and in his bosom getting clarity for what we know. Oh, God gave me a dream. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. God gave. Can you hear what the can you get the interpretation of the dream? Dreams are not usually literal. Can you ask God for clarity and the instruction you need and how I know this all so well? It's because that was me. That was me. That was that was me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> but how I know this all so well. How I can testify to this all so well. How I can how I can proclaim this all God would give me the vision. God would give me the dream and I would see it and I would not spend enough time bathing it in prayer. God would speak part. We only know see in part. Go to first Corinthians. It tells you that we only get part of it. And so when sometimes we get part of it and we take off and we don't spend any time asking God for clarity. We'll ask him for clarity. We'll come back to the table. Can you show me if God gave you a business, if God gave you a vision, he is going, God does not give anything that he does not complete. But when we try to complete ourselves, we miss the opportunity. And if our receiver, our hearing is skewed and off, if we don't understand how God speaks or when God is speaking to us because we are not resting, because we are not trusting and because we are not obeying, then we will make stuff up and we will put it on God and we will say God did it. And then when it does not fail, we will say, I guess it wasn't time. No, pause and get clarity that pause and get you some clarity get you there is nothing wrong with waiting and asking God for clarity right 
asking God for wisdom. Lord, I need your knowledge. I need your understanding. I need you. I need to know what you say. I need your instructions for this. If God calls you to something, do you think he's not going to give you instructions for it? He is going to give you instructions because that's the kind of God we serve, right? Let me give you some scriptures to back this up. I didn't even, I just let the Holy Spirit flow into this, right? Right? He's going to give you some scriptures. He says, John 16 and 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. Can someone say all truth? Not part, not part, not part of the truth. He's going to guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Can we back that up? Can I rewind that? When the spirit of truth comes, my God, he's going to guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will desire to you, de declare to you the things that are coming. He's going to declare to you the things that are coming. God is not going to speak to you in half truths or part truths or whatever else, right? He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not. That's just not the God. That's not God. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul, come on, Holy Spirit, of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. If I sit and let the word pierce this, if I provide and ask God, Lord, show me clarity in your word. Guess what God's going to do next? Because the word of God, I hear you, Holy Spirit, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to divide what's from my soul and what's in my spirit. I want to run. It's going to divide. And so if I'm not getting the, it's going to divide. It's going to tell me. This is from your soul. This is your desire. This is what you want to do, right? And then it's going to say, but this is what the, is of the spirit. This is what God is showing you. This is what I'm saying. And then it's going to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. My God, it's going to discern what's from me and what's from God. It's going to discern whether or not I'm being led by my emotions who or if I'm being led by God, do you know how powerful this is? It's going to it's going to come on now. It's going to rightly, and then you're going to rightly divide the word of God and then you're going to wait and you're going to be patient. Right. In John 6 and 60, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Every word that Jesus spoke everything that's written in red, it's spirit and life. Those words did not fade away. Did not, did not, did not, did not, did not, did not, did not. His words do not fade away. So if the promise of God is yes and amen, 
If the promise of God is yes and amen, if the promise of God is, if, if the vision is for an appointed time, if, if Jesus promised that he was going to supply, if the Lord says, I'm going to supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. If the vision is for the appointed time, then the spirit who gives life, the flesh, which is no help at all. The words that are spoken to you are spirit and life. So when the words that are spoken to you are spirit and life, they produce after their own kind. My God, I thank you. My God, I thank you for this. Psalms 32, 8 and 9. I will instruct you. <laughs> Somebody needs to say, instruct me, Lord. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. God's going to instruct you. He's going to counsel you with his eye upon you. This is the next part. This is what I love about the next part. Be not like a horse or a mule. Lord, I will wait on your glory. Lord, I will wait. Lord, I will wait on your glory. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curved and bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Don't be like no horse or mule. Don't be like no, don't be stubborn. Don't be like no horse or a mule. He said, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the ways you shall go. I will counsel you. I got my eye upon you. I'm not going to call you to something and not give you what you need. I see you. I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew the plan that you had. I had from you from the very beginning. I knew your mess ups. I knew your mishaps. I knew every dumb decision you were going to make. And still, I said, it's going to work out for good. Still, I appointed you at a set time. Still, I said, this is what I'm calling you to. Still, I said, preach Lakeisha, even though all your pre-preaching days, my God, even though all your pre-preaching days didn't look nothing, didn't look, didn't look nothing, like what grace, what, what you look now, like grace fell upon you. So he's giving you instructions. He's giving you, and yet you still love me. And yet you still call me. And yet you still anointed me. My God, right? Why? Because your grace is sufficient for me. And even in my weakness, right? It's producing something. It's producing perseverance. It's producing endurance. It's producing everything I need so I can carry the task. Be okay with waiting. Be okay with getting clarity. Be okay with asking for more instructions, right? Be okay with that because it's all going to work out for your good. Say that it's all going to work out for my good. Perseverance is continual grace to the end. Steadfastness produces perseverance. When I am steadfast, when I am steadfast, when I am unmovable, when I am 
unshakable. When I am Colossians 3.23 doing my work unto the Lord, it's going to produce something in me so I can endure to the end and fulfill my call on my life. James 1, 2 and 4 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect on you. <laughs> full. You need to be steadfast. When you are steadfast, you are movable, baby. <laughs> you unshakable, baby. You will not, you will not come down off your, th when you are steadfast, so steadfast got to do a work in you, right? Steadfast got to do a work in you. So when you getting bumped and you getting knocked, it's to produce a steadfastness in you. When you getting shaken, it's pr to produce, it's trying to see if you're planted like a stream by the water, right? When I'm, when I'm ground, when I'm grounded in, when I'm locked in, when my feet are like hind's feet, because he already promised me in the word that he would set my feet like hind's feet, right? Lord set my feet like hind's feet so that I remain steadfast to the promise and the call on my life that I remain steadfast and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing when we don't remain steadfast when we're not immovable then guess what we're lacking we're incomplete and when we try to walk into an assignment without clarity or incompleteness we're gonna tear something up <laughs> Right. Many of you were called to be business owners, but because you're lacking steadfastness, there's holes or leaks in the business. Your steadfastness is unto the father. He's going to seal the leaks. If you'll commit the business to him, if you'll stand steadfast in what he told you, if you will not de deviate from the plan that God gave you and won't lean into your understanding, it said, bless it is the man who remains steadfast or who per, per, who perseveres blessed blessed is the man who remains steadfast or perseveres under trial for when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life your crown isn't here your crown isn't here. Your crown is over there. You got to act like Paul. I'm pressing towards the mark of the higher call in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing towards the mark of the, this is just part of the process. I'm pressing towards the higher mark. I'm pressing towards my crown of life for God who loves me. This is just my assignment. I can't get too caught up in my assignment, right? So I got to count it all joy. I got to pursue. I got to remain steadfast so that I can be complete and lacking nothing, right? When my faith is brought to an end, when I'm finished, when I'm all made whole, when I'm tested in the refiner's fire, then I'm going to receive the crown of life. My goal is the crown of life and nothing else. When I seek ye first, the kingdom of heaven, when I seek ye first, when my face is on my heavenly reward, then all the other things will be added or attracted or given. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. When I am meek, 
when I am humble, when I am positioned, when I obey, when I sacrifice, when I love, then I'm going to inherit the earth because I understand meekness and humility is the way to my father's heart. My God, he resists the proud. He resists the proud, but he's going to uplift those that are humble. My God. God, I thank you. So my goal is not the things of this world. My goal ain't my house. My goal ain't my car. My goal ain't my popularity. My goal ain't my numbers. My goal is the kingdom of God. My goal is the crown of life. So I got to remain steadfast. I got to remain immovable. I got to focus my eyes on the crown of life. God, my focus is on the crown of life and nothing else. The crown of life. Lord, help me focus on the crown of life. Proverbs 22 and 4 says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I'm building this earthly house by knowledge, by wisdom, by understanding, by obeying God. My goal is the kingdom. It's not this world. And so I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to become meek. I'm going to inherit this earth. And even when I inherit the earth, Lord, it is not for my will or your glory. It's for your glory. Kingdom is the goal. My God. So I'm going to spend time getting clarity, understanding who I am. I'm going to spend time renewing my mind. I'm going to spend time learning to discern the voice of God. I'm going to spend time practicing obeying God. I'm going to walk in the instructions. I'm not going to try to advance myself when I haven't finished and completed the last thing God asked me to do. Endurance produces character so that I will not give up. My sufferings give me hope. My sufferings say God is working. My sufferings bring me to the end of myself so that I can endure and don't give up. My endurance is producing and developing my character, right? It's good that I was suffered. Romans 5 and 3, 4, I rejoice in my suffering because my, my endurance is producing my character and my character is producing my hope, right? That endurance, Hebrews 12 and 1, 2, so therefore, since we are surrounded by such a greater cloud with us, let us lay aside the weight so we can run the race with endurance that is set before us looking to Jesus. We got to look towards Jesus. My suffering is producing something in me. I got to grow up. I got to be spiritually mature to handle what happens next. Or I'm not, I'm going to fall off the cliff. I'm not going to finish the course. Some of y'all been believing God for marriage and you ain't ready yet because you ain't got enough endurance to you. Divorce was sti is still an option on your table. When you're doing a kingdom marriage, divorce can't be, well, if it don't work out, divorce can't be no option on the table. If you're going into the situation, no, I'm gonna be married till death do us part because that's what the word of God says. That's what the word, that's what the word of God says. This is what the word says. So God is going to fulfill his marriage when you are endured and complete. When you ain't got no alternatives, but this marriage going to work because this marriage is from God. That's it. 
I hear you, Holy Spirit. That's it. I'm resting in that. We resting in that today. I, we resting. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We're resting in what God gave us today. We're going to get clarity. When Can I tell you something? What Can I give you one more thing? Just one more thing. Holy Spirit, can I give one more thing? When you rest and you persevere and you're steadfast and you stand in the truth of God, perseverance is going to reveal to you what's false teaching. Perseverance is going to produce and reveal to you what's false teaching. Revelation 2, 2 and 3. I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance. How you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake and you have not growing weary. Fruit is going to be, you're going to, you're going to observe, you're going to see fruit. I'm, I, when I'm persevering, things will be revealed to me. Clarity will come to me because I'm persevering in the word of God. Go back to the scripture that Jesus gave us this morning, right? John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. So if the word and all scripture is cool, all scripture is good. My sheep know my voice, right? So if I'm producing in perseverance, I'm going to be able to weed out what's of God and what's not of God. I'm going to be able to weed that out. I'm going to be able to say this is not from God because I'm standing still. I'm pressed towards the high mark. I'm pressing in the word. The word is dividing what's of my soul and what's of spirit. And the Holy Spirit is ministering to me the entire time because I am patiently waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall not and walk and not faint. And I'm going to do everything unto the Lord. And then God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask and think of. Not because I'm so good, not because I'm so perfect, but because I patiently waited on him, because I obeyed him, because I honored him, because this is what he said in my, of my life. Not God is the only goal. Kingdom is the only goal, the kingdom of heaven. And if I sit still long enough, he's going to separate the wheat from the tear. That's it. That's it. My God, that's it. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. I love y'all. No, if today we're not doing if today, we'll be back on if next Friday. I love y'all. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. And so if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to do a few things. Just hold with me just a few more minutes. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your time. Here's your moment. It starts right here. You know what? Today I'm making the decision that Jesus Christ is going to become my Lord and Savior. And so first of all, I need to acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need to repent for my sins. Lord, please forgive me for my sins. And then I need to yield to his authority. Lord, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry for my sins. Right. And then I'm asking you to be Lord and Savior and Lord, Holy, Holy Spirit. I'm going to need your help now. Perhaps the other part of your story is you've already accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, but you've been in a backslidden state. You've been in a slate a state. You've been back here. <laughs> you've been back here when you know you're supposed to be here. You've been back here. You've been back in. You've been back here. Right. All you got to do is reset this thing right now with a repent. Lord, I am repenting. 
Forgive me for not obeying you. Forgive me for not waiting on you. Forgiving me for not loving you like I should. Forgive me for not keeping you first priority in my life. Lord, forgive me for giving over to my flesh and whatever. Forgive me for walking in unforgiveness and whatever he reveals to you. Just go on and repent of it and reset that thing. <laughs> reset, reset it. Go on and reset the thing. And guess what God is going to do? I, I'm assured because the scripture tells me without a doubt. This is what the scripture says to me. He's not going to turn you away if you ask him if you say these things to him if you say okay I, I need you to do this he's not going to do it that's not the kind of guy he is he's not he's not he's not what he's going to turn around and do he's going to do exactly what you ask him to do Romans 10 and 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved John 6 and 37 him that cometh unto me I will no wise cast out I will no wise cast out and he's going to reset. He's going to do my last thing to you today is I need you to consider becoming a partner with this ministry. Go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Pray and ask the Lord, Lord, am I supposed to partner with LMJ ministries? Am, am, is this good ground? Is this seed? Is this where I need to sow seed today? Do I need to give an offering today? Ask God. And if God says yes, go over to the website and sow your seed. Let me pray over you. Father God, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for knowledge. I thank you for instructions. I thank you, Father God, that we are learning to wait on you, that we will not be moved, that we will not lean into our own understanding standing. I cancel every assignment. I cast down doubt, fear. Father God, I thank you, Father God, that we discover you, that this is a period of discovery of how much you love us and that we find our identity in Christ Jesus. Bless the giving of your people, Lord God. I thank you for strength. I thank you for grace. I thank you for mercy. And I thank you for love. My God, join in and celebrate God. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you and we magnify you in Jesus name. Now do me a favor. Go be loved today. Let somebody else experience the love of God through you. Be anxious for nothing. Everything in prayer and supplication. Make your request known. And with thanksgiving, I know for a fact he's going to answer you. And you're going to walk in the peace that passes all understanding. I'll see you Monday morning. Y'all lift us up. Pray for me. Monday morning. Monday morning. 5 a.m. Love. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.